welcome to Don't IEP Alone. I'm your host, Lisa Leitner from adayinourshoes.com, which is one of the best online resources for parents who need IEP assistance. And we have a Facebook group, a Facebook page, and now the only podcast devoted to helping parents navigate the IEP process. Today, I want to talk about why you should hire an advocate. And this is not just shameless self-promotion, because actually, I'm really not for hire anymore. Um, I've done a lot of one-on-one advocacy with families for both agencies and um, on my own in a private practice. And now it's pretty much the blog and this, the podcast, that's, that's my jam. Um, I'm not doing a lot of one-on-one advocacy, only family and friends, um, mostly because I just want to reach more people. And this is the way to reach more people rather than one-on-one. Because my goal, my long-term goal has always been to help create systems change because the system is so incredibly broken. Um, so I feel like I can reach more people and when we fix one child's situation, I think we, we help all kids. So I, I don't have a dog. My point is I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not saying that you should hire an advocate because I'm trying to increase my own client list because I'm really not. Um, but I find that parents are really hesitant to hire a special education advocate. And I want to kind of help you move past that if you're considering it. IDEA, of course, on paper, is to guarantee your child FAPE, a free and appropriate education. In this country, our education is free, so to speak. We pay for it with our tax dollars, but we don't pay for it directly. And over 90% of American kids are enrolled in public schools. Only about 10% go to privates. Privates, of course, are not bound to IDEA and they don't have to provide special education. We know that the one of the main points in this whole big picture is the lack of money and lack of resources. So if providing special education is more expensive and you weren't legally bound to do it, why would you, right? Um the right thing to do but it's also the expensive thing to do so that's why most private schools do not offer special education so FAPE you're trying to get your child FAPE the law says your child's entitled to FAPE so I understand why it would get your hackles up if you have to pay someone to help you get FAPE because this is what the law says it's free why am I paying money out of my own pocket to an advocate to help me secure fate for my child. I get that. I get why there's um, that that sticking point there. However, this is the system. This is the system that we have. This is the game that's being played. You know, it's kind of like don't hate the players, hate the game. Um, and in future podcasts, I certainly will get into lobbying and citizen lobbying and, and systems advocacy and all that so that we can collectively try to create change but for right here right now 
this is the system that we've been given, this is the game, and I'm going to teach you how to play it. There's no one more than me who wishes that her job would become extinct. I would love it, I, and I mean that 1,000%, if the need for my blog and the need for this podcast would go away tomorrow, if it would become just extinct tomorrow because every child was receiving what they need, I, I would seriously be dancing in the streets. I don't think it's going to happen even in my lifetime, but you know, a girl can dream. So I would love for my job, I think, and I think all special ed advocates would agree to that, that we all wish our job would become extinct because kids were, all kids were receiving FAPE. But sometimes you just, you need to hire an advocate. And I think, um, if you've tried to learn the process on your own and it's, it's just not working out for you, um, you, you just have to, as I say, fish or cut bait. I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation where, and I used to, when I did a one-on-one -on -one, and even when I was working for agencies, um, when I was working for agencies, we only did, I only served low income families and, and all my services were free. When I did it one-on-one, -on -one, I would always do a free consult. But initially in, in the consult, you know, we go over the issues and and things like that. And then I would tell them my fees. And, and I'm not judging anyone's financial situation, but as it goes, I'm pretty cheap compared to a lot of advocates from what I've heard. And I'm certainly much cheaper than your child not receiving FAPE and I'm much cheaper than an attorney. Um... But there's also the piece that you don't see how much time an advocate puts into one client um, between pouring over all of your records and meeting with you and phone calls with you and the research that we do online as far as, you know, what is best practice for whatever it is your child needs and evaluations and um, curriculum that's going to be appropriate. We spend a lot of time on one child. And that's another reason why I wanted to get away from that and get into bigger, bigger audiences is because, um, again, I can reach more people and serve more people with the limited time that I have in a day. Um, but that's why many ask for a retainer and that's why many ask for a lot of money up front. Because a good advocate is really going to put a lot of time in. Um, and you're paying for what's already in my brain. You really are. And that's, there's a lot of value in that. A good advocate is going to know the climate of your district and your area. Um, they're going to have a network of other advocates. They're going to have a network of attorneys so they can kind of get a feel for what's going on in your area and what to expect. They're going to know the current trends in your area. They're going to know programming options for you in your area that you may not know about. I could sit here and list probably dozens and dozens of out-of-district placement options just in my county. 
um, that wouldn't take the average, you know, the, the newbie parent that's going to take you hours to find online. Um, I know the good independent evaluators in my area. I know which independent evaluators are being paid by districts. So they're going to find what the district wants them to find. Um, so you're paying for all this stuff in my brain and my contacts and my network and my knowledge. And that's why some more experienced advocates are worth a lot more money um, because it takes so much time to serve one client and because all of these things have just been built up so much, you know, as, as far as um, what we know. So anyway, I'd get into these initial meetings and I'd say, these are my fees and they're, they're reasonable, I think. And, um, it never fails that I would say at least half the cases, um, a few days later, they either email me or text me because nobody wants to tell it to my face, but they say, you know what? Um, thanks for all your information, but I think we're going to try it on our own this one last time or this one last meeting or, you know, whatever. We're going to go out on our own and, and we'll be in touch if we need you. Okay. I get it. I get that a lot. I get it about half the time because you don't want to, you don't want to plunk down a few hundred bucks to secure my services. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. Um, but then this is what happens out of, out of half the time that that happens. This is what happens. You fast forward a few months, a few weeks, um, that parent calls me or texts me. I've even been called, I'm, I'm not making this up, on Thanksgiving Day, I've had parents contact me. Um, I've had parents contact me at 6 in the morning, at crazy hours at night, and they're in a panic because their situation has completely blown up and now they need help. And I've had kids placed in residential and by that I mean 302 so it was not their choice. I've had kids arrested who were arrested, um, suspended, alt-ed, you know, that 45-day placement into alt-ed, the situation has just completely blown up and the parent calls me in a panic and they're like, oh my God, you know, they 302'd my kid last night and he's in Rockview. Um, what do I do? So I would say if your gut has told you that you need assistance and you need an advocate, go for it. You, you need an advocate. And too many times parents are, especially moms, we're just so talked out of our gut instincts so often. Um, but something in your gut told you to make that initial phone call and reach out to someone. So stick with it because you need help. Because like I said, the, the parents, half the parents who say they're going to keep, keep going on their own, they end up in really tragic situations. Um, and once your child has been 302'd, I can't undo that trauma to them if it was, tra if it was a traumatic experience for them. 
Um, once they've been arrested, you know, that's way out of my hands. And now you need a criminal attorney and one who specializes in disabilities, <clears throat> excuse me, and mental health issues to get that taken care of. Um, you need an, if you think you need an advocate, then you need an advocate. Um, but by the same take, same token, you know, I have, I have a blog post on this, on what questions you should ask an advocate, what to look for in a quality advocate. And, and, you know, and go with your gut there too. If you meet with an advocate and, and your gut is telling you that this isn't the right person for you, then don't hire them, but keep looking. Okay. Find someone else or truly commit yourself to, you know, I can't afford an advocate right now. However, I am going to be the best damn IEP advocate I can be. And I'm going to take some online webinars and I'm going to take some coursework, attend training, read till my eyes cross, you know, so that I learn this IEP process and get my child on the right path. Because I think when you, once you've acknowledged on some level that you need an advocate, you know that you're not headed down the right path and you need to really chart a new course. Whatever strategy you're using to get your child's needs met is not working. Because if it was working, you wouldn't have that gut instinct of maybe I should hire an advocate. Okay, so it's just something to think about. Your gut tells you stuff, and too often we turn it off. Um, advocates are becoming more and more common. And I, if you have the opportunity to interview more than one or meet with more than one, do that. You don't need to stick with the first one that you meet. There are a lot of great ones out there. And you know what? There are a lot of shady ones out there too. Not, And I don't mean shady, but um, the phrase I use is that their enthusiasm and their confidence outweighs their knowledge base. Um, and I've seen a lot of advocates or people who are claiming to be advocates give a lot of really bad advice and just wrong advice. Um, so definitely ask around how many, how many people they've helped and, and what their success rate is and, you know, look for endorsements and who, who is recommending them. It's, it's a profession just like any other profession and, and there's going to be great ones and there's going to be not so great ones. So look around. Um, all right, I'm going to wrap it up there for today. But those are the reasons you need to hire an advocate. Your gut told you so. And, you know, your, your situation isn't great or, or you wouldn't be looking for other options. I will be on again soon. Um, thanks for tuning in to Don't IEP Alone. And if you need further advice, go to adayinourshoes.com.